0: I want to use what I have learned to help you avoid some of the financial mistakes that I have made, while sharing some of the financial wins that I have had along the way. Join me as we discuss financial strategies to guide you to becoming a physician assistant on the way to financial independence. Welcome back everyone to the PA the FI way podcast. I'm your host, Kat, and this is episode 14 of the podcast. This podcast is for all of the current and future PAs out there that are taking care of their patients' health, but are also wanting to learn to take care of their own wealth. On the surface, the topic of today's episode may again seem to be a bit on the dry side, but again, I think it's very valuable information that all PAs really should know to properly protect their assets, but also so that they learn to recognize some of the good guys in the financial industry and avoid the ones who may not have their best interests in mind. So today's episode is going to be about insurance. And once again, a huge disclaimer that I am not an insurance expert. I am simply a practicing PA that has learned about some of these topics and have had various experiences with different types of insurance over my past almost seven years of practicing as a PA. Additionally, again, I'm not a financial expert, so part of today's episode will review what to look for if you are truly seeking a financial expert, and some things to consider when you are looking for different types of insurance policies. So it is important that you ensure that you are properly insured. Insurance helps protect your assets and sometimes your income when the unthinkable happens. As my husband has said, if we have the insurance, we won't need it, but if we don't have it, then we would need it one day. Therefore, we try to be wise with our insurance policies and view them as an unfortunate and sometimes expensive necessity, though. However, keep in mind that you can and should try to compare your rates with other insurance companies. On the different types of insurances that you can do so, usually about once per year, but sometimes more frequently if you'd like to. Insurance should be considered on the big items that you wouldn't be able to cover yourself, such as malpractice, which is often offered through your employer, illness or injuries or disabilities, death, medical problems, car accidents, home disasters, etc. You likely don't need insurance on items that you could cover yourself such as insurance on a phone, depending upon how expensive it is or fancy it is, many warranties on electronics, or even pet insurance, unless perhaps you have a very pricey racehorse or something like that. The three very obvious types of insurance that many have are medical insurance, homeowner's insurance, and auto insurance. So the purpose of this episode is not necessarily to review those three main types of insurance, But to review a few other types of insurance that you may want to consider as a PA. The first type of insurance I would like to cover is disability insurance. Disability insurance covers you if you were to become disabled to the point of not being able to work as a PA and earn your income. It is essentially insurance for your income. Here's an eye opening statistic over 25% of today's 20 year olds, which likely includes you if you are a new PA can expect to be disabled for at least one year of their working career. Can you believe that? A quarter of you are likely going to be disabled for at least a year. I hope that that stat doesn't scare you, but again, motivates you to do your own research to decide if disability insurance is something that you would like to get. If you or anyone else depends on your income to make ends meet, disability insurance is a critical type of insurance to have there are actually two main types of disability insurance, long-term and short-term disability, which are often referred to as LTD for long-term and, don't laugh, but STD for short-term disability. STD is often used for 90 days, but some policies can be longer, even up to six months or even longer. Then after that time period, if you are still disabled, the LTD, or long-term disability, will kick in. Policies can vary, but often, STD is for up to 80% of your gross monthly income, and LTD is for 60%. I think that it's important to recognize that these types of disability insurance can drastically help with your expenses, but they probably will not cover 100% of your pay. This is why emergency funds, which were discussed on episode 11, are crucial as well to consider. If you have a substantial emergency fund, you may elect to not purchase STD, as you likely could cover those 3-6 to months worth of disability with your emergency fund until your LTD kicked in if needed. Some examples of short-term disabilities may include pregnancy, mental health issues, injuries, neck or back pain, etc., Some examples of long-term disabilities may include severe mental health issues, severe injuries, chronic neck or back pain, cancer, other illnesses, etc. Again, I hope that none of you need to use LTD or STD throughout your life, but as you can see, there are many different types of things that could qualify as a disability, and these certainly were not all-inclusive lists. For disability insurance, there are many options out there, but ideally, you'd want to purchase a policy that uses true, what is called own occupation, to define total disability. This means that the insurance company would not only see that you've been practicing as a PA, but also they could take a look back to see what type of PA job you had been performing prior to being disabled, and if you cannot perform that job, then they would consider you to be disabled. Now, again, every policy has different wording and definitions. So sometimes you may be considered partially disabled or totally disabled. It just, again, depends upon the type of disability and what their definitions of those disability are. So it's very important that you do your research and review every single type of policy that you are offered before you decide to go with it. But let's go back to own occupation. So for example... If you had been working as a PA in dermatology and injured your hand enough that you could no longer perform the procedures required to do your derm job, they could not tell you that you could go and get another PA job performing telemedicine in another type of specialty where you had to do some typing but not necessarily the fine motor skills required to do some of the dermatologic procedures. As you can see, own occupation is a great type of disability insurance to have because it is more specific to your job and your disability if you were to get one in the future. Another ideal thing to look for in an insurance company would be to use an independent company who obtains and compares many quotes from other types of insurance companies for you and reviews them with you. Often, you can purchase STD and LTD through your employer, or some employers even provide one or possibly both of these as part of their benefits package. So again, when you are considering job offers, really dig into those benefits that are offered as part of your compensation, because even though they don't pay you directly, they really can help with your total savings and earnings, depending upon what type of benefits you have. However, even if you are offered LTD through your employer, as previously mentioned, It is worth taking a look to see if true own occupation, LTD, is what your employer offers because often employers do not offer that specific type of disability insurance. There are so many other types of options and riders for disability insurance policies out there that really is beyond the scope of this podcast episode, and again, I'm not an insurance expert, So I think it's really important for you to highly consider obtaining disability insurance if you or anyone else relies on your income, but that you do your own research and work with an agent that you feel like you can trust and is very helpful in answering a lot of your questions. If you decide to get disability insurance, it is suggested to consider trying to lock in a policy as soon as you can because rates are affected both by your age plus your health problems. For example, if you are a young 24-year-old newly graduated PA with zero health problems, you're likely going to be able to get a much better rate than even a 35-year-old with a history of chronic back pain, migraines, and depression. So consider trying to obtain this critical insurance as soon as you're able to. The next type of insurance to highly consider as soon as possible is life insurance, but only if you really need a life insurance. So life insurance is not really a fun topic to think about because it would be used in the event of, well, your death. However, it's an important type of insurance to consider. First, identify if you feel like you truly need life insurance. If you have someone in your life that would not be well-off financially if you passed away, then you likely need life insurance. For example, if perhaps you are the higher income earner in your household, if your spouse relies on your income to make ends meet, or if you have children that may need your income to grow up over the years and be okay and possibly help pay for their college, or if you have anyone who would inherit some of your debt, depending upon what the type of debt is, when you pass, then you likely would need life insurance. However, if you only have a spouse and no kids and your spouse makes a great income, then you may not need life insurance as they could financially get by in the event of your passing. However, just like disability insurance, life insurance usually has more affordable rates if you are young and healthy. So if you and your spouse do not currently have kiddos, but plan to in the near future, you may want to consider getting life insurance now or at least getting a quote. The process to be approved for life insurance is a bit of a pain, to say that nicely sometimes, as the application can be pretty long, there can be phone calls to verify information, and even what they call a quote physical, which is not anywhere near a preventative physical that we do in medicine but they call this a physical where they check your blood pressure, height, weight, and some labs often. They don't always check labs, but they often do. Some companies may even require an EKG or additional testing, depending on how much life insurance you are applying for. Additionally, family history plays a role in the amount of life insurance that you can get. So if there is premature heart disease, or cancers, or even diabetes in your family, depending upon the age of when your family members got the diabetes, then your rates could be affected. Again, it's best to go with an independent insurance company that can provide quotes from various companies for you to help select which company would be a good option for you. If you are thinking that life insurance probably is a type of insurance that you would like to get I encourage you to likely consider obtaining term life insurance versus whole life insurance. Obtaining whole life insurance was one of my biggest financial mistakes as a new PA. Here's a little background for you. During one of my family med rotations, one of my preceptors, who was a few years older than I was, had been talking about meeting with her financial advisor. And at the time, I thought, well, I think that I and my fiancé at the time, and soon-to-be husband, need a financial advisor to get our finances in order, especially considering all of the student loans that I will have to pay back. She gave him my number and the financial advisor my husband and I all met up to discuss what I thought was going to be a financial game plan to help pay off my student loans quickly as well as to invest for our future together. However, the conversation was essentially a sales pitch from the quote financial advisor who is essentially a glorified life insurance salesman for a very popular insurance company out there. He did make us recognize that life insurance probably is a good type of insurance to have. Although with his promotion of whole life insurance, which allowed us to invest some within the plan, he earned a commission on the sale of it and the fees from the plan were horrendous. But here's the thing, we really did not need Whole life insurance, but rather level term life insurance, which actually is a whole lot cheaper usually. Additionally, he encouraged me not to be in a rush to try to pay off my student loans, even though I was very gung-ho about it, due to the fact that a portion of the interest on them could be deducted from our taxes. However, this actually is true only up until a certain MAGI threshold. So, that only benefited us for a few years. So, last year we fired our financial advisor. And yes, the pun was intended after working with him for six and a half years because we decided that we are going to try to pursue FIRE, which is Financial Independence Retire Early. If you are a newer listener to this podcast, now some of you may be getting that pun. So, that's crazy to even think about that we were with him for six and a half years. Even prior to making the decision to finally cut the ties with him, as he truly was a very nice and friendly guy, we tried to ask him about what all of the fees were, as well as how much our funds and investments had been earning, so we could compare what types of earnings they had to index funds. We were really never given a straightforward, easy-to-understand answer, which helped make our decision to let him go even easier. For most PAs, having level term insurance for a longer term is usually the way to go. However, if you have a disabled child that would not be able to take care for themselves as they age, then it is possible that whole life insurance possibly may be appropriate for you. For level term life insurance, the word level means that the premiums remain the same for the term which is the length of the contract between you and the insurance company. If you were to get whole life insurance, the premiums usually remain the same as well. And usually whole life insurance plans are for life, meaning that even if you pass away into your 80s or 90s, your beneficiary would still get paid. Well, to many of the listeners hearing this information about whole life insurance policies for the first time, it may make them sound like a great deal. If you pass away when you're elderly, you're guaranteed to pass on some life insurance benefits to your beneficiaries, but if you really consider the years during your life when others would need to benefit from life insurance in the case of your death, those years are usually not lifelong, meaning the rest of your entire life. So even if you do have children, once they grow up and start earning their own income, they no longer need your life insurance to be financially fine in life. Additionally, if you are listening to this podcast and are planning on achieving financial independence, then your wealth would be built up enough over time that you would not need life insurance into your very elderly years anyway. So, for example, many terms for life insurance can be 20 years or 30 years, but there's many types of terms out there. So perhaps for that length of time, you would need life insurance to help cover your children. But as you inch towards financial independence or become financially independent, your wealth probably has grown enough that why would you really need additional life insurance? Because your heirs would be the beneficiaries to your wealth that you have built. And in the future, once you become financially independent, then you could consider at that time to cancel your life insurance because, again, you would have the funds and the wealth covered to help pay for your own funeral expenses and to pass along additional wealth to your heirs. The goal of this podcast and my website at pathefiway.com is to educate, encourage, and motivate you to do a lot of this financial stuff yourself By researching options out there and learning basic financial literacy. However, if you really would like to work with a financial planner or a financial advisor, please ensure that they operate as a fiduciary, which means that they truly have your best interest in mind. Additionally, consider working with a fee only financial advisor, which means that you pay them for the time they spend to help you out, or you pay them a flat fee. And they are not being paid on commissions for sales or AUM fees. AUM stands for Assets Under Management, which means that the fees would be paid to them from your investment gains. But I have said this before and I will say it again. If you are a current or future PA, you likely are a pretty disciplined, perseverant, smart, diligent person that can learn and figure this stuff out and implement it themselves, that you may not need a professional for a lot of this stuff. But it's also important to learn and recognize your own limitations too, right? So if you feel like you don't have any time for this and it is way over your head, I hope that some of this information can help you find someone that could be very helpful and beneficial to you while not having you be taken advantage of. The last type of insurance that I would like to encourage you to consider is an umbrella insurance policy. Umbrella insurance policies cover many things and are often a great type of insurance to consider as your assets increase with time. So as a brand new PA, if you do not really have a ton of assets, maybe you are renting and you're not a homeowner, maybe your net worth is pretty low, pretty negative because of the student loan debt, you may not need an umbrella insurance policy at that time of your life. But as your investments account increase, as you get a house with perhaps some toys or even a pool, then maybe at that time you would want to consider an umbrella insurance policy. But for some, maybe even a brand new PA might want to have an umbrella insurance policy anyway because they do cover many things. So these policies can help cover damages for home or cars that are above your limits of your homeowners and auto insurance plans, depending upon what the issues are. They can help cover you if someone got injured on your property and decided to sue you, or if you accidentally injure someone, or if you're a landlord and a tenant got injured. And there are many other types of cases and issues that an umbrella insurance policy can help cover for you. So please take your time to research this option and likely obtain quotes from various companies or again use an independent insurance company that can help you compare rates from various insurance plans as well. One of the great facts about umbrella insurance policies is that they are often surprisingly very affordable, so you can often obtain a ton of coverage for a very small price. So it's something to consider and to do a little bit more research on and decide if this is an option that you would like to pursue. All right. So we have reviewed disability insurance, life insurance, and umbrella insurance policies as different types of insurances that you may want to consider as a practicing PA. Thank you for taking the time to take a listen today and I hope you hit the subscribe button on the platform that you are listening to this on. Consider leaving a review with the types of things that you have found valuable so that you can help other current and future PAs find this information. If you have not done so yet, you can find the link in the show notes to come on over and enjoy the PA the FI way Facebook group, or you can find PA the FI way on Instagram.